Welcome everybody to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 96. I'm your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I'm joined by the other regular host. We have two hosts tonight in uh, Cracker. How's it going, mate? Very well, thanks, bud. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I thought we could, we could do some really weird thing where we like both do the intro at the same time and <laughs> just alternate <laughs> lines. Welcome to like episode. <laughs> Uh, we tried like uh, merge our names together into some weird weird oh, thing. No, 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 don't do that. No. <laughs> Let's not give Thank- people ideas. <laughs> yeah, thankfully you and I will never ever be confused <laughs> as the same person. Unlike uh, Chewie and I, who get mixed up all the time, despite Correct. not really looking anything like each other. But it's probably more the similarities in names. So, anyway, good good start to the podcast. Two hosts means we're right off track already. Well, well done. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, lots of things to talk about tonight. Uh, well, one, one topic, really. But uh, say, is there, It feels like it's, it's a pretty light news week. I'm, I'm not yeah, sure why I'm yeah. even here. There's no bands. There's no new no, cards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, uh, no Chewy tonight. It is his wedding anniversary. 15 years that uh, mm. Jen's been putting up with Chewy's really poor jokes for. So, uh, congrats to those guys. I think that's the biggest miracle that she hasn't. Correct. Yeah, knocked him off yet for Correct. <laughs> all the bad jokes because we know how many times we've heard them, which means Jen has heard them so many more times. So, so many. Well done, Jen. You uh, you put up with it way worse than we do and uh, way worse than our listeners do. So congrats to those guys. And uh, Stu's had his second jab of the uh, the old Pfizer, so a little bit uh, knocked out tonight. So just the two of us. But we're going to give manage. you a, uh, a rundown on... The new standard format, because like you said, Cracker, there's, there hasn't really been much going on. There's been no news. There's been no bannings. There's, there was a new set that came out, uh, mm-hmm. which is what we're going to talk about. That's kind of it, So, <laughs> which is a little bit odd. I've been listening to, to, to other podcasts this week, and they're, they've kind of been in the same boat. It's like, yep, this is all that's going on, which is a, almost a breath of fresh air. Oh, it's, it's kind of nice. There's no <laughs> previews or, or like sets coming out. It's just it's crazy. Oh yeah. Well, well I mean, give them like two days, and yeah, there correct. will be more previews. Yeah, that's, that's how it goes. All right. So before we get into the standard meta game, do you want to tell everyone about our awesome sponsors? Of course, love to. It is Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, and yeah, they sponsor us and the streams that we do and the leagues that we run. They're just fantastic. We love them. They uh, they help us be able to put up you know wonderful prizes. And what Josh and Pat's do is they have a Facebook auction page. I'm sure you've heard us talk about it a lot. We we are very big fans of what they do. So every night they put up auctions for individual magic cards. You can just go bid on Facebook. Super easy. Sit on your couch watching TV. Spot a card you want. Put a bid on when comes in the mail. Super easy. Because they've got a full-time auctioneer, that's all they do. Uh, they get their shipping done very quickly and it's all... Super, super secure. I've never had any issues with any of the deliveries I've received from them. And I don't know anyone who has. And that's a lot of people with a lot of cards that we've talked to have bought them things from them. So go check them out. Um, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. You can find them on Facebook. We'll have a, a link. And yeah, tell them the bean sent you. Very good. And uh, speaking of Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, I got a message from Pat this week with a, mm. uh, a parcel that's being put in the post. Ooh. Which will be the collectors boosters, the Innistrad Midnight Hunt collectors boosters coming our way for the prizes that we give away in the uh, in the league events or the you know, the week- weekly giveaways in the league, and then we'll probably give the rest of them away on the final stream in uh, in a couple of months' time. So keep an eye out for that coming uh, coming in the near future. Looking forward to it. Speaking hey, of Innistrad, yeah, there's one thing I thought that there's actually one tiny bit of news I spotted ooh, today. Ooh, you may okay. not have seen it. Yeah. Right, um, go for it. Wizards have now released their own. <laughs> I kid you not that this is what it's called. It's called Macherino. And it, <laughs> I, 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 I am not trolling. Wow. That is dead set the name of this thing. Uh, yes. Macherino. And it is their version of MTG Melee, basically. So. They're hooked up with Crokies, and if you don't know who he is, he is a full-time magic streamer. He is partnered with Team Liquid, and he is a polarizing character, shall we say, <laughs> in the magic community. <laughs> he's also very good. So, he's about to run a tournament. 
a one-day event, and instead of using MTG Melee, he is now using Maturino, which I'm assuming is another application that Wizards have just bought up, but it's their client to run events. So, um, we could look at signing up with it. They do in-game support, so the prizes for this Crokey's event is actually gems. So, first place is like 10,000 gems for a free event or something like that. So, uh, interesting to see. We can apply to be a partnered organization and things like that. So, that's something we may have to look at, Shorty. I yeah, don't know definitely. if it'll replace Challenge for the way we run things, but yep. it's um it's certainly interesting for like maybe the one-day events and stuff like that where we, we have a little more structure that we can look at. But um, there are a number of very, unsurprisingly, you wouldn't believe it, Magic Twitter- they weren't happy. Outra- there's, there's people they, that are outraged? They, they were outraged. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I, shocked. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Wizards have now done Melee Dirty and how could they and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? Look, this is cool. Um, every now and again, Wizards comes along and drops these things, and they're actually really good. The one that jumps out to me is their companion app. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. Which is great. We've used that a bunch for running drafts yeah. and things. And you just log in with your, you know, arena ID and stuff, and it gives you your pairings and your seating position and times. And, and like, it's actually legitimately really a clean, useful interface. And so, if you haven't checked that one out for the future when we're allowed to meet in person and play Magic again, check that one out. But um, watch your space, because, I mean, arena events are not going away. Mm. Yeah. I just anyway. I just did, did a quick Google, and uh, it says, like, Match Arena is a crowdfunding esports site. So, uh, yeah, it looks like apparently they've paid out over 9 million in prizes uh, for however long they've been going. They've run 31,000 tournaments. So, sounds wow. interesting. We will definitely look into that and sign up to that. Uh, we we have, just as sort of full disclosure, we have looked at using MTG Melee before. They do have a good system. It's, it's not the most, uh, like the UI is just not very pretty i guess is a way to put it like it, it's it's really sort of it's clunky and old, and old school yeah it, it's fun it's it's like magic online it's like yeah. yes it does everything you want it to do but these days user experience and how things look makes a big difference so be interesting to see what this one looks like uh but yeah if we can sign up and um you know, potentially get gems as prizes. That would certainly help us. Uh, the reason we don't use Melee is the structure that we use for our leagues. They just don't cater for that on, on MG, MTG Melee. Yeah, so they're designed for Swiss rather than yeah. the round robin that we do. Yep, yep. And, yeah, that's uh, that's why we got onto Challenge and that's why we keep using them for now. But, uh, yeah, we'll look into this. Stay tuned. Yeah. More information on Maturino. Uh, yeah, obviously, it's not. <laughs> Maturino is, is it, it's not a wizard's name, thankfully. It was something that already existed. So we can't, uh, lay, I mean, we can't we lay all the blame. <laughs> I just, I wouldn't be surprised if, if wizards just. And look, I don't even know if they did buy it out or whether they're just, you know, using it and promoting it. But yeah, yeah. He, here it is. Yep. Maturino. <laughs> Uh, I actually like that. That was a genuine laugh out loud moment when you said that. It was I, like, I know. What, I knew you'd love what it. What on earth are you talking <laughs> I, about? I just, it just, um, yeah, sprung to me. I just caught it today in the yep. you know, <laughs> bit of scrolling I was doing through Twitter. Anyway, new Very standard. Good. That's, yeah, that's yeah, what right, he's running, and that's so, what we can talk about. Yep. So, yeah, tonight we're just going to basically talk about uh, how standard is looking. We had the. Innistrad Midnight Hunt set release that was what last Friday so it's it's not even a week since we've uh, recorded this or since we're recording this uh, that uh, the new set has been out and since we've had the big rotation and you guys spoke about it in the last podcast all the uh, the really awesome super powerful cards that were rotating out mm-hmm. which has left a massive massive vacuum in standard and mm-hmm. I don't know how you've gone cracker but like over the last couple of years or probably like the last four years i've i haven't noticed the effect of rotation or new sets coming in as much as i have this time and like i'm <laughs> i was thinking about I today and it was when like dominaria left okay I, th- yeah. I think it was probably the the last one that i i kind of because you and i played endless goblin chain whirlers yeah and yeah like that that whole Mon- era Mono i was Blue. playing yeah, Mono Blue Tempo. I was playing a yep. lot then, so that was probably the last time I felt it. But that's which which would have been the last rotation, I think. Was it? Uh, no, it would have been two rotations. Would have been one ago. before. Yeah, because yeah. there was the guilds rotation. Yeah, so it would have been the yeah two rotations ago. But yeah, I, I guess that sort of comes down to. 
because like the feeling that I'm having with this is it's like I knew I knew the decks, I knew the powerful cards, I knew the tricks that people had, and yeah, you had new tweaks and new new little improvements here or there when new sets came in, but the decks were mostly the same, and and you kind of get used to that. And now it's like I I don't know any of these cards, <laughs> and I'm thinking. We're going to have to commentate on some of these matches in the near future, Cracker, and I don't know. Uh, any of these I cards. know. I, I am right there with you, man. I'm sitting there, and my opponent's got like a single green mana up, and it's pausing every three seconds. I'm like, I don't know what this is. Like, what? What, <laughs> what cards is this combat do they trick? have? It wasn't. It was the stupid Hydroland. I think it was just like oh, yeah, it could yeah. activate itself. But yep. um, man, yeah, it was. No, I'm I'm right there with you. And and like, yeah. it's not it's not incremental changes where you get a new set and you get like five new playable cards, right? Or or whatever it is. It's like, yep, there's literally a thousand cards that have disappeared. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so and I think I think the big change is that basically all of the archetypes from the previous standard are gone. There's some that have minorly crossed over, like we do still have mono white, mono green. There's a gruel mm-hmm. deck, but it's completely different to the previous gruel decks. Totally different. So yeah, that's that's where you're getting your big change. There's not that oh, okay. We already had you know a a Strixhaven D and D based set that was really powerful, and and that deck has continued through, and where you know we've just added some extra cards to it. And there's a couple of new decks, but you've still got this you know old faithful that's that's improved a little bit. It's like no, pretty much everything is sort of new decks. So. Yeah, we're gonna gonna run through that tonight. Uh, we've basically just got the the meta game up from MTG Goldfish, which is not the most reliable. You know, we don't have the uh, the the huge number of tournaments and decks being published that we used to get all the time. And obviously, first week we've basically had very few tournaments anyway. So, in terms of a meta game and meta game share, that's it's not very accurate. But it gives us a good rundown of the decks that we're seeing. On the uh, on the ladder and and the ones that you're going to be facing and potentially the ones you're going to be looking at building because that's that's the biggest thing that's come into play um, with me and, and I know you especially Cracker I think you're you're very tight on wild cards at, mm-hmm. at the moment trying I to just, find I that just bought gems actually yeah okay yeah I, I had to buy some gems this week <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah trying to find a deck that you can mm-hmm. actually play with the the wild cards you can afford is is pretty hard so. The first one I'm going to have a look at is Gruul. So there's there's kind of two Gruul lists that we've got here. There's a there's a Gruul Werewolves and a Gruul Aggro. So we'll we'll just sort of lump them together and have a bit of a chat about what's going on in in the new Gruul decks. So they seem to be like obviously the Werewolf one is is definitely more focused on the Werewolves. So most of that has come from the new sets. We've got Kessig Naturalist, so it's new new card, Outland Liberator new card. The Reckless Stormseeker, the new card, Tolvalar, new card, Arlen, Renan Seven, new cards. So, like most of this, other than really, uh, we've got the Werewolf Pack Leader, which we had in the the D and D set, a Seeker's Chariot, which has come from uh, Kaladesh and Ranger Class. Ah, oh, sorry, <laughs> Kaladesh. <laughs> Kaladesh. <laughs> Kaladesh. Um, it's a vehicle, you, you know. <laughs> yep, you can see that confusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and then the Ranger Class. So. We've got some old cards, but the vast majority of this deck is new cards, which is good to see. Have you played against this deck? Not the werewolf version. No, neither have I. So I, I think that they're just the more gruel beats, like aggro version I've seen more of, where they're yep. playing um, like Jaspera Sentinel, Magda, a Seeker's Chariot, and then sometimes they're going up to Goldspan, but I'm usually dead before that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a gruel aggressive deck. We've seen these before. There's usually some form of gruel aggressive deck in in a format, whether it's top of the pack or uh, top of the pack werewolves. Oh. oh man, goodness me! Or it's you know somewhere in the middle. It kind of depends on how the format's shaping up, but they're usually there, and we've seen a gruel deck for a while. The interesting thing. That like with the werewolf deck is there are no one drops in in this list. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't looked. Are there any one drop werewolves? I would assume no. I would assume you would be playing them if you if there were. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. One, one drop werewolves, but yeah, you're playing fast aggressive creatures uh, that you know buff each other. The reckless storm seeker giving you your creatures haste and uh, Arlen pumping out wolves, those sorts of things. So yeah. 
get, get aggressive, <laughs> put creatures on the board and, and get aggressive. And we've seen over the last few months, a Seeker's Chariot has become one of the most powerful cards in Standard. We talked about in the preview season the combination of the Reckless Stormseeker with the Seeker's Chariot. So in, in case you can't remember, the Reckless Stormseeker is the, the two and a red, two, three werewolf uh, that at the beginning of combat on your turn, target creature you control gets plus one, plus one, gains haste. So very good uh, very good at coming down and giving your, uh, or playing it on turn three, playing your chariot on turn four, giving your chariot haste on turn four, very handy, and also giving it a buff if you, if you need to. So good good combo there. And then the, the flip side of it is a three, four that gives something plus two, plus oh, trample and haste. So uh, yeah, that's that's quite good. And yeah, just ranger class, that value of, of ranger class that gives you a creature. You know, it's a two drop, two mana, two drop. So you get a cre- creature... Once you bump it up to the second level, which is pretty easy to do, you start putting counters on your creatures, and then if you flood out or you get your board wiped, you can uh, bump it all the way up to level three and then start playing creatures off the top of your library. It's yeah, definitely some good card advantage. So how do you think this one's sitting? You know, does it look powerful to you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I-, I don't know specifically about like some of these l- lists that we're seeing, but Prosperous Innkeeper on two into- um, chariot on three is gross. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. I, I held up a counter spell thinking, oh, turn four, they'll have a chariot, forgetting that the treasure came down, <laughs> giving them the fourth <laughs> mana they needed a turn before I could uh, saw it coming, because I didn't. Yep. Um, yeah, no, really, really, really strong. It, it The red gives them a lot of flexibility as far as sideboard interaction. I mean, Monogreen's got a couple of, you know, fight cards and things at the moment, which are- help for that but you just get more tools and the mana is pretty good for that at the moment too you know, yeah it does the- does seem to be yeah so there's the i mean the new hang on what's it called rock vale yeah Vail? i was trying to work out the name for it yeah the rock vale vale yeah <laughs> rock fall vale but um, <laughs> hard one to say. Uh, it's my new black leaf cliffs <laughs> but yeah and then you've got like the pathway as well which is which yeah. is pretty nice so you don't yep. have to get into the snarls which are not great. Not ideal. No. They're not they're not it. Not for this style of deck particularly, right? No. Where you're just trying to, you know, be on curve and, and beat down. Yep. If you're playing the non werewolf version where you are running the Jaspira Sentinel and Magda mm-hmm. uh, combo, which we've again we've seen before, we know is very powerful, that fixes your mana as well and, and ramps you as as you said. So the like the gruel aggro list that I've got here is actually running a couple of bard class which we haven't seen much of. It can be used as a bit of a combo in, in uh, I think, in Historic, but uh, it's the, it's which I'll, I'll read some of it just because uh, most people can't remember what it does, but it's green and a red, and it has legendary creatures you control into the battlefield with an additional plus and plus and counter on them, and then you can bump it to level two, and this is where it gets used the most. Legendary spells you cast costs green, red, less to cast. Uh, so, like... You know, looking at this list, like you've got Magda, which is a legend. There's Tovalar, which costs one red-green. So once you've got a Bard class out on level two, it costs a single colorless mana. Arlen costs you two. Yep, Arlen. Um, like both of these lists running quite a few Arlens, one one running four, one running two. Quite a powerful Planeswalker, uh, I think. Although um, from what I've been hearing from people, <laughs> definitely lots of people making the mistake of uh, – Casting their island, think that, thinking that they can, you know, make a wolf to protect it, and then having it come in on the night side and going, oh <laughs> no, I, I don't have that ability. Uh, lucky. <laughs> I mean, it does plus two to six, so it's not like it's you know super yeah, easy yeah. to get rid yeah. of. But um, speaking of the night coming in on the night side, how have you seen this happening much? Uh, the, uh, yeah, so the transitioning. I've been watching a few streams and things, and yes, it is definitely come up a bunch in some of the gameplay I'll be watching, which yep. I think is interesting. So it's definitely powerful. There's a few cards that are particularly pushed. Um, Brutal Cathar is a, is a real good one um, as far as, you know, coming in and exiling a, a creature and then, you know, flipping over to the night side and then flipping back again and exiling another one. Like it, you can sort of chain a bunch of things underneath it. So yep. yeah, there's, there's definitely ways of doing that and i've certainly seen people having to play around it because they didn't want a double spell so that yeah. they didn't you know so it's it's i like it from what i've seen it, it it puts some interesting um tension additional tension into to the gameplay which is cool yep i have um, heard 
surprise, surprise, people complaining that, you know, you, you may be running a deck where you literally have four werewolves <laughs> and, you know, you, you play it as soon as you play the first one. Oh, it's daytime. And now for the entire rest of the game, it's constantly flipping between day and night, day and night, day and night with what's going on. And it has no relevance to to the rest of the game. Uh, does, and a lot of people saying like, well, they're, they're just kind of saying this is going to be a nightmare in paper because you're going to get into game states where it's like, oh, we've been five turns down the track and completely forgotten to figure out if it's day or night. And now I'm casting a creature and I need to know if it's coming in on the day side or the night side. And then you've got to call a judge and the judge is like, well, I don't know. <laughs> and how is that going to get ruled and things like that. So it's okay on Arena because it tracks it all for you. You don't have to worry about it. But in sure. paper, yeah, I can, I can definitely see it's going to be forgotten. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's like if you've got the daytime, nighttime token, you're going to want to put it like right in the middle of the of the you know between both players so mm-hmm. it's right where you're looking all the time and you both are going to be seeing it going oh hang on i've got to remember to flip that or or whatever because yeah if you're just relying on you remembering what it is or a little token off to the side it's going to get forgotten so be aware of that so yeah, yeah gruel i think gruel uh, either either form of gruel whether you're yeah despair sentinel magda the Seeker's Chariot, um, that sort of stuff, or you are going, you know, more the werewolves. I think it's definitely a good place to start. They're, the decks are they're aggressive. Usually the early days of a metagame, you want to be playing an aggressive deck anyway uh, just to, you know, beat people's faces in. So pro- probably a good spot to start. They do have the, like, the sort of regular Gruul version, like with your Magda and your Jaspira Sentinels, have probably got a lot of cards that, have come from previous standards, so it may not cost you too much in terms of wild cards to get them, but if you're looking to play werewolves, there's quite a few rare and and mythics that you're going to be having to spend to uh, to play those, and if you're crafting all the werewolves, they're probably only going to be going in the werewolf deck, so just just be aware of that when you're uh, you're looking at what to uh, what to craft. One mm-hmm. card um, I did see that I didn't even know this was actual, actually a card, but Cathartic Pyre, which will probably yeah. come up in some of our other decks. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I've been playing so, that one. Yeah, one and a red for an instant, and it's got choose one, deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker. Yep, that's pretty good. Or mm-hmm. discard up to two cards, then draw that many cards. So, yeah, in, in, interesting card, and, yeah, that'll Double probably come damage. up. Yeah, come up in some of the other decks. All right, what uh, you want to pick a deck we can talk about next? Yeah, Mono White Beats. Yep. This is one that was coming into the standard 2022 events was really highly regarded and it got some good tools actually. Like I know it's fun for me to rag on on mono white because it's bad because it's bad. And I feel I feel sorry for people who actually like mono white because like wizards is just done you dirty. <laughs> <laughs> for so many years now. So, so many years. But th- yep. no, this is actually like uh, a, an interesting, like you've got a lot of interaction there with like Skyclave Apparition, Elite Spellbinder, Brutal Cathar, right? Like there's just a lot of stuff that you can interact on the board with. Yeah. And then also um, Luminarch Aspirant as kind of like, it's just throwing around counters. And then you've also got Intrepid Adversary. So if you go like- Adversary on two, Aspirant on three, and then you've got like a four-two lifelinking scout that you're attacking with on turn three. Like that's real. And then mm. if you are, and I've seen, you know, there are different lists. This Mall of the Skyclaves is a house still. That yeah. card is still really good. So you're obviously limited in what you can do because you know they're mostly you know mono white. You can you can go with the. Um, the snow version, so you get Faceless Haven as a bit of a redundancy if you, you know, you get swept or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I think that these, this, this build, this current iteration, is the best that Mono White's been in a while. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's um, like you said, the 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 power in its creatures has definitely increased. You're not you're mm. not playing just random little one drops that you know one mana two ones or suntail hawks and things like that that you're you're hoping <laughs> yeah. to you know buff up with your intrepid adversary and uh make make them a bit bigger with your luminarch aspirants 
you're actually playing like legitimate good creatures that have really good abilities tacked onto them. So that makes a big, big difference. And those creatures are still aggressive enough that they will get the job done and, and actually kill people. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely agree with that. I, I found uh, when I was looking at lists for what to craft, I just sort of scrolled through a bunch of lists and the, the first mono white aggro list that popped up is not actually mono white. It's actually white black. Yeah, I just saw but, that uh, too. I, I, I took a screenshot posted in the Discord. The uh, the cost for this, car, this deck on Arena is 10 Mythics, 52 rares, and two commons. <laughs> not even a single uncommon in there, <laughs> just, but 10 Mythics and 52 rares. That is... Insane. <laughs> so remember how I said that wizards have been doing you dirty. Like this, this is pretty dirty. Like just <laughs> yeah. you can't, you can't have good uncommons white yeah. cards. No, it's just not a thing. And also, yep. I don't think you'll find any cards on here that say draw a card, which is just sad. So I can't no, play probably it. not. Yeah, like I've pulled up pulled up another <laughs> mono white list, and and most of the creatures, other than like the intrepid adversary and a couple of other bits and pieces, have come from the previous mono white list. So if you if you've been a yeah. mono white player for a little while, you've already got your skyclave apparitions, your spellbinders, your luminarch aspirants, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. You've probably got redains, and yeah, I was going to uh, say redains in the house too. Yeah, yeah. So you, it wouldn't be that hard to. No, it's only like another ten rares. Yeah, yeah, and and that's fine. I mean, if you're already uh, forty five rares in, it's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a white removal spell, which I'm not actually seeing in this list. It's like one and a white kills a creature, and they investigate. They investigate, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not seeing that in any of these lists. So I've, I know I've definitely been uh, taken out by that a few times. So maybe that's not something the the white decks are wanting to play i'm i'm seeing a lot of portable hole in uh, mm-hmm. in these lists which is uh, the D uh single white uh, when it enters the battlefield exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls a mana value two or less until it leaves the battlefield so yeah i guess they're sort of wanting to just deal with the bigger stuff with uh spellbinders deal with the medium size stuff with the uh skyclave apparitions yeah uh, anything that's you know you can't <clears throat> excuse me you can't deal with with either of those you can deal with with your brutal cathar, and, and you're just wanting to sort of keep this the small stuff off the board with your portable hole. So yeah, I mean yeah. that your game plan is to win before they land anything huge, right? Yep. Like you, you just want to you want to have them dead, and it, yep. it certainly has the draws to to let you do that. So yeah, yep, I think, absolutely, I think that's very strong. All right, uh, we got mono green aggro still kicking around. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I know this one sort of picked up the primal adversary, the the green one, which is the oddly costed one. All the rest of them were were two mana. I don't know if we actually talked about this one on the podcast, but this was the two and a green for four three wolf with trample. When it enters the battlefield, you can pay one and a green any number of times, and it comes into play with uh, that many plus on plus on counters on it. And then it says, then up to that many target lands you control become 3-3 three, three wolf creatures with haste that are still lands. So, it's a, it's a weird one. It's like, oh, sweet, I can turn a bunch of my lands into wolves, but they're also tapped because you just tap them for mana. So, it's odd. I mean, it, at, at the end of the day, it is a 3-mana three 4-3 three trample. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. If that was in red, I'd be really happy. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I think the majority of the time you're not going to pay the extra cost. You're just going to play it as the, the three drop. But if you've got a spare two mana lying around, then one of your lands becomes a three three. So that's that's fine. Can't can't really complain about that. Uh, but other than that, what else are we picking up in this list? Not much, really. Yeah, it's just it's still you know in a seeker's chariot, old growth troll, you know, Kazandu mammoth. Yep, it's it's the stuff. Oh, um, the new one is Briarbridge Tracker. Uh, yep. Two and a green for a two-three with vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, investigate. And as long as you control a token, Briarbridge Tracker gets plus two plus zero. Oh. Hmm. So effectively, it's a three mana four three again. But this one, mm-hmm. this one's a, a three mana four three with vigilance instead of trample. I'd rather trample. Uh, yeah, probably would too. On on a four three, In you mono want green. Yeah, yeah. Your, your creatures with vigilance, you want them to usually have a good backside so they can attack and then do a bunch of blocking as well. So. Three toughness is not not the best for blocking, and yeah, you're playing an aggressive deck, so you want to be attacking and trample would be better anyway. But we've seen in the past how important 
just having that single clue can be for getting you back in the game. And especially a deck like Mono Green, you've got no no card draw. We don't have uh, Harmonize. <laughs> we haven't had that for 15 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do have Ranger Class for, for some sort of advantage if you need to get there, but there's not much else going on. So, yeah, even just getting that one clue and being able to draw one one extra card can often make a big difference. So what do you reckon of Mono Green versus Gruul? You preferring Gruul over, like, with the more card choices, better sideboard options? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yep. I feel like it's got a little more, a bit more play to it, a few different ways you can take it. But, I mean, Mono Green's been good for a while. It, it, it feels like it, it lost a little bit. You know, I mean, the, lo- losing uh, Lovestruck Beast is- Yep, and <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's a big loss, and also yeah. the um, Stone Coil Servant. I've always felt yeah was at yeah. its best in in mono green. Yeah, Stone um, Coil with the uh, Gem Razor was uh, yeah very good combo. So yeah, yeah. Lo- losing those those basically those three Love Struck, Stone Coil, and Gem Razor. That's a, a big blow, mm-hmm. and the replacements for that are not on not on that same level. No, they're not. So we may see, you know, I mean, they're, they're always printing green creatures. Green mm-hmm. seems to be the most powerful color in Magic. So no doubt, you know, over the next couple of sets, we'll see a bunch more good green creatures get printed and, and this deck will be, you know, tier one. So Actually, you say that there's no card draw, but Werewolf Pack Leader does have pack tactics. Yeah, that's So whenever true. you attack with, with yep. creatures power, total six or more, then draw a card. Yeah, which are going to trigger- Every time. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> from from turn three onwards, I would suggest, <laughs> a lot of the time. So, there's some. There's some. Uh, yeah. Yep. Very good. Do we want to talk about the deck or the uh, style of deck that you and I have both been playing this week? I mean, if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've both been playing Is It decks this week. Yes, do you want to, we do you, let, you, you can tell everyone how you've been, what you've been playing and how you've been going. Oh, sure. I, I did the thing I said I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I built Delver. Yep. It's not good. I I actually knew it was going to not be good before I did it, but I did it anyway. I, I think that like actual Delver itself just doesn't line up at the moment. I, I I don't know that it's got all the tools, but I had to try, and I, I will keep trying. I'm not I'm not done with it yet. But um, yeah, I'm playing playing a few other things as well. I've got a couple of smoldering eggs in there. Uh, magmatic channelers. I'm playing some of the red adversary. I forget what that one's called, but that's the one where you like flashback your instant or sorcery with mana value three or less, and you can copy it for as many times as you paid the extra thing. So that's kind of fun. Consider is as good as I was hoping it would be. So pretty happy to you know have access to that. It's just I'm, I'm never going to cast opt again <laughs> if, <laughs> if I have the choice. So. <sighs> It's it's hard when everything the, the problem with like that style of tempo deck is if it's just a little bit off you just get run over. Like I said before, yeah. I was talking about like if you don't count a seeker's chariot, you're just done. Like, what is my three two Delver gonna do against you know two cats and a you know chariot? It's just like it's pretty hard to come back from that, and it's it's like a pretty common play these days yeah. you know there's like anything that's playing green and there's a lot of green it's just jamming like three or four copies of that card because it's just nuts so uh and then also the fact that you've got ren and seven which i'm sure we'll talk about in a bit as well um throwing out massive reach tokens and yes. i have no petty theft <laughs> shorty with my petty thefts i got no petty thefts to bounce Are you those playing things. the um I am the, playing the the unsummon where it, yeah, yeah I am I can't remember what but, that's called uh, yeah I forget uh, yeah I, I haven't learned all that one. <laughs> any of the names of the cards yet because <laughs> they're all too new but um, the other card that is um, is a lot of fun is uh, memory deluge have you cast any of those I haven't yet uh, not Ooh, not in the the decks that it. I've been playing but yeah yeah it's uh, it's on my on my list of of cards that I need to to try I was sort of saying before the podcast like. I've been playing the the is it dragons version of it, but mm-hmm. there's a very very wide spectrum of what you can do with these is is it decks. Uh, like I, I saw a list just before that was literally just running four Imrith 
as its only creatures and the rest of the the deck was just controlling tempo elements you know board wipes and and counter spells and things like that and it's like okay yeah, and, and not, uh, running you know creature lands and, and those sorts of things to sort of win mm-hmm. win those ways or you can go you know you you regular is it dragons that we've seen before with your gold spans and uh the the mist veil uh one whatever that one's called now mm-hmm. or all the way up to what you've been running cracker where you're running more a spell is it spells deck where you're running delver and running uh the dragon egg and and all that sort of stuff there's a lot a lot of room in there for how you know to to kind of fit in with what the metagame is doing and find the best version that's going to suit what's currently going on. Yeah, I was about to say that it's it's kind of like a control deck where you need it to be settled so that you can have all the right tools. And it's a matter of going well. If a seeker's chariot is just everywhere, then I just need to jam a bunch of negates, right? Yeah. Like there are options, there are tools, but in the first week of a format, it's just like, oh, I don't know what anyone's doing. Like, I don't even yeah. know, remember, I don't know what half of the cards are. So, like, how yep. do I know what counters I need or what? Like, what is the critical point of toughness? Is it two? Is it three? Is it four? Like, what do I need my burn spells to do? Or do I need to rely on bounce? So, there's there's lots of different ways that you can build it. So, like, um, my first pass at Delver was done medium, but, I mean, <laughs> that's fine. It, it you know, I, I think that at some point, in its life, and and in the next little while, even it, there will be builds that will be good. Yeah, the problem with Delver is it just, it just dies to everything. And the last time Delver was in standard, when it was actually good, it had Snapcaster, and that also and like yeah. So it it had other tools around it that fit in really well with that style of deck, and we just don't have that at the moment. And w- but we've got. You know, we've got frostbite, and we've got the what is it? Play with fire, the other, the new shock, and everyone's mm-hmm. running dragon's fire, and like it just dies to everything straight away. There's no, it's not like legacy where you can play your turn one Delver, you can reliably f- flip it on turn two, and you can easily protect it, and then well, you just and then spend you're, you're wastelanding people and you're, yeah, you're know, yeah. doing other things to keep them off. Yeah, but you, it's, you it's, just it's spend the rest of the game. game. Yeah, you spend the rest of the game just protecting your one Delver. And that's what you win with. That that's just not what what you're going to get in standard at the moment. So, I think it's going to take a bit for Delver to see play. I think the Dragons deck and yeah, uh, sliding that scale for how controlling you want to be is probably going to be pretty good. Uh, I've been having some pretty good success. So I've been running uh, like four Smoldering Egg, four Moonvale Regent, four Goldspan Dragon. Uh, mm-hmm. The Moonvale Regent is the the new one. Not the yeah. well, smolder, Smoldering Egg is also one. also the new one. I, I was I was iffy on this Smoldering Egg because obviously it's got similarities to Thing in the Ice. It is a, mm-hmm. a you know two drop O four defender that has an ability that triggers off of you casting instants and sorceries. The big thing with this one, which I didn't even realize until I did it accidentally, was the amount of counters you put on it are equal to the amount of mana you spend to cast a spell. Mm-hmm. So if you've got this on the field and you cast an Elrond's Epiphany, it just flips straight away, <laughs> which I didn't even twig to. It's like, oh, yeah, that costs seven. Oh, it's got seven oh, counters hey, on it. Cool. Hey, it now flips. I get to attack with a dragon and <laughs> yeah. two birds next turn. Let's go. Yeah, ex- exactly. So um, that is really cool. And then it's its other side is a yeah, it, it's a flying 4-4 dragon that when you cast an insult sorcery spell, it deals two damage to any target. I haven't had that come up very much sure. uh, just having a 4-4 flyer flying dragon is good but it does a good job of bridging that gap against the aggro decks the you know two mana 0-4 and thing in the ice was the same it just allowed you to block for a couple of turns to to set up for your later game for what, mm-hmm. what you want to be doing the moonvale regents the three and a red for a 4-4 flying dragon again uh, it's got when you cast a spell, you may discard your hand. If you do draw a card for each of that spell's colours, which is usually going to be one card, but if you're casting, say, Expressive Iteration, it's going to be two. Uh, and then it's got when it dies, it deals X damage to any target where X is the number of colours among permanents you control, which is usually zero because you don't usually have anything else on the board because your board gets wiped or mm-hmm. it's your only creature and it dies. So that, that part is trinket text, basically. But it's done a decent job of sort of getting you back in the game with a bit of bit of advantage. You know, you draw 
any spell off the top of your library, you cast it, you discard the no cards you've got in your hand and draw an extra card. Um, casting expressive iteration when you've got one of these is awesome. You cast it, you discard the no cards in your hand, you draw two cards, then you resolve your expressive iteration. All of a sudden, you've got access to four cards. That's very, very powerful. So... I'm unsure on whether that will stay in the list. And again, I guess it depends how many dragons you want, but being pretty impressed with it. Goldspan Dragon, we know what that card does. Uh, plenty of removal. I'm, I'm running the uh, Snow Package, so I'm running four Frostbites. We've got the dra uh, Dragon's Fire now, which a uh, pretty good card. Usually deals three damage to a creature or Planeswalker, but you can reveal a dragon or choose a dragon that you control and it will deal um, damage equal to its power. Uh, so, you know, if you've got your Moonvale or your Goldspan, that's that's four. But if you've got an Imrith, that's five. So a little bit of extra damage. Some Prismari commands, Alrond Epiphanies, counter spells, that, that sort of stuff. So it is definitely been, it's been powerful. It can definitely grind, but it can also get run over pretty, pretty quickly and easily. Does not like a control mirror or a control matchup. <laughs> Certainly lost a few games to mm -hmm. some blue-white decks, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying playing it, and it, I think for me it's it's a deck that you can tinker with and find that, that sliding scale of how many counter spells am I running main, what counter spells are they, how much, you know, do I want the snow package or do I want, uh, you know, like the uh, Den of the Bugbear and those sorts of uh, cards instead uh, to, you know, change up how your mana base is. Plenty of options, and, yeah, so looking forward to seeing what, other people that are much better at deck building than me uh, do with the deck. So, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like you haven't been having much success, but I've been doing uh, fairly well with it. So, been been yeah, pretty good. happy. Yep. But we'll see what happens with it. All right. You mentioned uh, Renan 7. Mm -hmm. What is Renan 7 doing at the moment? We saw it in the Gruul decks. So, yeah. definitely powerful there, but it's getting played in some other decks as well. Like everything that plays green, I think. Yeah. <laughs> So, I was watching, we were talking about Crokies before, I was watching his stream last night and he was playing a, just a blue-green ramp deck with Renan 7 into Alrin's Epiphany and stuff. And, I mean, it was just, it just did everything you wanted in a ramp deck. It was finding your lands or it was vomiting out giant creatures or it was putting a bunch of lands into play. It just, like, it, it never seemed bad. And, you know, I guess that's kind of what you need to have happen with your five-minute Planeswalker. But it just seems, like, super strong. Mm, yeah. Definitely. It, and the other thing that uh, I saw him doing, which was also super strong, was Storm the Festival. Yeah. Yeah, seeing, seeing quite a bit of this getting around. And Storm the Festival, uh, I might read it because new cards and audio format. Uh, it's three and then triple green, so six total mana. Sorcery, look at the top five cards of your library. You may put up to two permanent cards with mana value five or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So one of the things that I misread was that it's not five total mana value. It's they can each have five mana yeah, value. It's like super, super so, cocoa. Yeah. So it's actually like if you hit two five drops, you're getting 10 mana's worth of stuff. And yeah, yeah flipping over, uh, you know, a Ren and Seven and- and a Seeker's Chariot or something like that. And, man, a Seeker's Chariot copying Ren tokens <laughs> yeah. feels bad. Feels bad for whoever you're playing against there. That um, that seems particularly good. So, look, I, I don't know what the shell is for that. There's, there's Golgari sacrifice lists that are running around as well. I don't know if you've seen any of those, but they're playing- like Despera Sentinels, Sedgemore Witch is a yep. super annoying card yeah, to play a, against. it's a bit of a combo with the Witch I think you can do. It generates a bunch of value. I haven't uh, looked into it that much. Yeah, so they're, they're usually- Some of the ones I've seen are playing like um, the Eye Twitch. Yep. And, and then, then like when plum, that dies- Plum the Forbidden. Plum the Forbidden, exactly. Yeah. Or um, Village Rights is the other one they're using. And then yep. they go get the- Pest generator. I forget exactly what it's called, but it's this sorcery that makes like two one ones. And when they die, you like gain a life and stuff. And they're just like yep. a bunch of pest token generators and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's a bit of a uh, look. I mean, when you say sacrifice, we think of the previous iterations yeah. of sacrifice. Put, it's put nothing like that. It's, 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 <laughs> it's nothing like of. that. It, it's more <laughs> value based. It's not like, not that that wasn't a value deck, but that, that also just had the 
I win the game on this turn very easily kind of thing. It, it doesn't seem to do that, but then it's also playing, I've seen, you know, like Lol, Lolf, the Spider Queen, the Planeswalker and stuff. So there's there's a lot of stuff kind of kicking around in, in that space that I expect we will see more of as people explore. And that's cool, man. Like we've talked about a bunch of different decks in all of the colors and it seems like there's kind of choices to do everything. You said you've come across like blue-white control. What what are you seeing in that? Yeah, I've seen a, a little bit of blue-white. I, I just like very close uh, lost a match last night against uh, a blue-white control deck that was running the Book of Exalted Deeds and <sighs> Faithless Haven combo. So it's uh, it was basically winning with pumping out angels from Book of Exalted Deeds. Like it was, they're, they're playing. Cards like so. This like I've got a list up here, which it looks pretty similar to what I saw. So I didn't see there's a creature in here, Wandering Arcade, which I didn't see in the list that I was playing against. But uh, Fateful Absence, which is that new card we mentioned before, the one and mm-hmm. a white destroy target creature or planeswalker. Its controller investigates. That card's obviously very good. Uh, Revitalize a card we haven't seen for ages. I think the last time I s- that card saw play was in the Gates deck when that first came out, and it was like. Gates deck it can be really powerful and can do a lot of good stuff, but you just die really quick because your every land comes into play tapped, and you had to play Revitalize just to keep yourself alive so you could do what you wanted to do. Uh, and then playing like Doomscar to to keep the board clear, portable holes, those sorts of things. Uh, Search for Glory was a card I I didn't even know existed, but it's two and a white. Search your library for a snow permanent card, a legendary card, or a saga card. Reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. That card gets both parts of your combo because it gets the book. It's a legendary card and it gets Faceless Haven, which is a snow permanent. So I didn't even know that was that was a card until it got cast last night and it was like, oh, oh. Didn't that, know that was a card either. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically just... Control the board, keep it clear, don't die, plays, yeah, revitalize and also potion of healing. <laughs> Who would have wow. thought that would be seeing play? Which is one in a white when it enters the battlefield, draw a card and you can pay a single white and tap it and sack it and you gain three life. So it's it's like Kind of like revitalize, but and this is why I feel away. bad for people who play white cards. Because look at what you're yeah. resort- look at what you're resorting to here. Come on. Yep. Yep. But yeah, if you can get a book so what the way the player uh, played it against me last night was they would you know keep keep the board clear with all their removal and then as soon as they could cast a search for glory they'd go and get the book once you got the book on the field the you know everyone associates it with faceless haven and and basically locking you out of the game but the first part of the text on it is at the beginning of your end step if you gain three or more life this turn create a three three white angel creature token flying this mm-hmm. thing just pumps out a three three angel every single turn <laughs> Which is just really annoying. It, like, it was very trivial for them to be gaining the three life a turn that they needed. And, you know, obviously I'm trying to beat them down with dragons and things like that. So I'm, I'm just not getting there with that. And then they just take their time and eventually, uh, you know, find another search for glory and go and get what they want and uh, get, their, get their combo off. So the list I saw I was playing against last night had... More blue. This list actually looks like mono white, even though it's labelled mm. as Azorius Control. The one one I'm looking at, but yeah, the the one I saw last night was running, you know, more more counter spells and and those sorts of things. So interesting list. I think um I think Reese. No, he hasn't been playing this. He he was playing a deck along these lines, but uh, he's probably probably champing at the bit to uh, to play it again now that we're talking about it. So definitely something you want to be aware of. I think he really like the dragons list had enough removal in the main to deal with, you know, if they activate a Faceless Haven and then activate the book that you can just kill the the Faceless Haven. So that was okay. But if you don't have instant speed removal, you're going to want to be running a, a uh, Field of Ruin or two in your mana, de- mana base if you can support it just to just to deal with this annoying deck because there'd be nothing worse than being really close to winning the game and then you just get locked out with the... Uh, the angel <laughs> that you can no longer deal with. It's you have one one combo. shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, the um, the decks that are running the the Renan Seven is uh, quite a lot of them are actually running uh, Felidar Retreat, mm-hmm. which uh, yeah, we haven't haven't seen for a while. But yeah, you're obviously dropping a lot of lands. 
with uh, you know you storm the festivals and you you run in sevens and all the other various things that you're doing. So uh, yeah, Felidar Retreat pumps out two twos. They go well with the Seeker's Chariot as well, and yeah, putting plus and plus on counters on your creatures is uh, is quite nice. Makes them big. Mm-hmm. Sure does. Yep. All right. Uh, what else are we seeing? I mean, there's just random bits and pieces of everything. <laughs> there's uh, some Demir control lists. There's- yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen a bit of the Demir control actually. Yeah, uh, getting getting around just like tons of removal and counters. Mm-hmm. I've beat it every time I've played against it, so I've never actually seen it do anything powerful, but. Like a list that we've got here is has one Professor Onyx and four Poppets Poppet Stitcher, which is a mm-hmm. weird card, which is a new new one, two and a blue for two three. When you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a two two black zombie creature with token with decayed. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more creature tokens, you can transform it. And on the other side, it is an artifact called a Poppet Factory. Creature tokens you control lose all abilities and have base power and toughness three three. So uh, and then at the beginning of your upkeep, you can, you may transform it back if, if you want. So you're casting, like, this list has 27 spells, uh, in, instance or sorceries. So you're going to be creating a, a reasonable number of zombies. And then when you can flip it over and, uh, turn them into three threes that no longer have the decayed ability, that's not bad. Like, you, you're going to win the game with those if you've managed to keep the board pretty clear. Aaron's Epiphany then spits out. Extra turn. Yeah, that's true. Plus three, two, three, threes. Yeah, three, threes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is I mean, they, they gross. lose flying, but- <laughs> Yeah, that's still, right. They're three, threes. They are. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, interesting. I mean, Infernal Grasp is a card that I've seen a bunch of already as well. Uh, that's the one in a black instant destroy a target creature, you lose two life. Yep. It's as good as you'd expect it to be. <laughs> yeah. Solid removal. And then you got the, the Meat Hook Massacre. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Weird that, card. that card is also really strong. Yeah, so it's X Black Black. Uh, it's a legendary enchantment. When the Meat Hook Massacre enters the battlefield, each creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. Whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you gain one life. So you could drop it, you can wipe the board, you know, drain your opponent for a bit, but it also it's an enchantment, so it just hangs around and then those uh, zombies with decayed that you're mm-hmm. spitting out, you're more than happy to just be throwing them at your opponent and having them die when every time they die, they're losing losing life and you're gaining life. So good good yeah. little uh, synergy I had an, there. I had an opponent drop the massacre on turn two against me. Okay, just, yep. just yep. no value. Yeah, just they, just went, yep. they just went, uh, I want to get these triggers. You know, they were playing. It was the- um, Golgari sacrifice style thing where you've got the pest tokens and things that, you know, plumbing the depths and all that sort of stuff. And it just, yeah, you get a mini fireball. And because it's not um, like the, uh, what's it called, Shorty? The black creature, the one one blood artist. It's not yep. something that's easy to interact with. So, you yeah, it's an enchantment. Yeah. Correct. So it's definitely much more difficult to kind of deal with. So, yeah, card seems really good. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing worth mentioning is. Old faithful mono red. So someone asked it in in uh, in our Discord. You know, obviously, I've gained a bit of a reputation. I've taken a, taken the mantle from the Blaster Boy and become known as the the mono red player. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, obviously, that's where I started. That was the fir- first thing I looked for when I was looking at decks. And I tried, you know, uh, just a mono red aggressive deck. Then I tried a mono red goblins deck because there's quite a few goblins and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That neither of them were even close to being good. <laughs> it's it, it hurts me to say, but yeah, it feels they bad. they just they just didn't have the tools. Like you could get some sort of explosive starts with the goblins, but not enough. And yeah, you, you just didn't have. You didn't have the punch that that we've seen in in mono red in the past. Like the the mono red decks we've had over the last like three years, really. You know, if you go back to the uh, oh, I've completely blanked on what the enchantment was called. You know, when we had uh, experimental frenzy and mm. the runaway steamkin. You know, that yep. sort of area era when we had those two. You you had that kind of okay. You know, I get in, do a bunch of damage, and then I run out of gas, but I hit my frenzy, and then I just 
play a bunch of spells off the top of my library and I get back in the game and I finish it off. And then we went from that into, you know, Embercleave, which gave you that big punch, especially once we then got uh, Annex. Man, Tor- I'm forgetting all, the, all the names and already. Annex and- yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. yeah, and then we got Torbrand. Oh, no, Torbrand was in Eldran as well. But yeah, yeah. It, it became it became a red deck that could put some pressure on early but then have a massive punch to finish the game. And there, there, that just does not exist in the standard that we have at the moment, which some people would be very happy about because they've been sick of getting Embercleaved in the face, but I'm pretty sad about it. So put those yeah, decks aside. We'll I, have to I wait and see what happens with those. It's, it's kind of dipped. And we, we did talk about that when we were discussing on the last cast, the fact that it was probably – it was losing like all of its super busted cards, but you can't put 10 new rares in – for mono red in one set, so it I mean, usually takes can. larger standards. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically they could. You're right, but they won't. Uh, no, so it, it will be good again. But um, you know, it's a, it's a, had a good run for, it, for it can have a yeah, probably break. probably three or four years. Mono red has been not the best deck. It certainly had its periods where it's it has tier one point five, but it's yeah, it's always been up there. And yeah, I've I've always been able to play it for the last. Mm-hmm. Three, three or four years, so, yeah, a little, little bit sad to see that go. There is a Boros deck that is floating around. You know, you've, you've got a lot of the stuff that's come across from the previous set, uh, but also, you you know, with your, your Luminarch Aspirant, Skyclave Apparition, that sort of stuff, but adding in, like, that Reckless Stormseeker that we mentioned earlier that gives mm-hmm. you gives a creature haste. You've got the Brutal Cathar, which we also mentioned earlier, um, the ad- adversaries, either the red or the white ones, um, even going up to Moonvale Regent. Or Showdown so, of the Skulls is another one that's pretty good. Yeah, yep, yep. So there are some tools there. Uh, it's just whether or not that can be fast enough to, you know, put put on that pressure. And, again, we're missing, we're missing uh, you know, the, the Dog, the Selfless Saviour, and Alseed, which were mm-hmm. pretty important for these low to the ground small creature aggressive decks with stopping you from just getting blown out like being able to keep something on the board after a board wipe is uh, is pretty important so we'll see what happens i think we we might be in a bit of a slower uh, yeah, meta game for a little while. For a while i think yeah which which is fine it's good good for a change uh, but that that sort of leads to you know being able to target the mid-range decks with the correct controlling elements uh, and then when the controlling elements become the more powerful things that's when the the small aggressive decks are able to come in and and get in under those and uh, yeah we'll, we'll see that that rock paper scissors actually going around which is good good to see and, and that's what forms a good metagame so and as as i heard from someone on a podcast today if it turns out this standard gets solved in the next few weeks well it's only like eight weeks until we get the next set <laughs> <laughs> and then everything gets changed again. So Stop. Uh, it's uh, not not that long. <laughs> yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. All right. So yeah, that's a bit of a snapshot on standard. Uh, hopefully, you're having fun, enjoying it, and uh, and getting in and playing some decks. I'm keen to start playing some of my league matches now that I've I've got a few matches under my belt. Uh, we've got a nice long weekend here in Melbourne this weekend, so. Get a bunch of league matches done, and uh, we've we've already had a few. I think uh, old, old mate Rolling Royce is already on seven and zero. He's just farming farming people with their new unknown standard decks. I mean, he's it just bashing, matter bashing what people's he's doing, faces just, with yeah. gruel. <laughs> he called me out today. He's like, "When are you going to be ready to play?" I'm like, yeah. "I'll be good soon." I was like, "Actually, I won't be good, but I'll be ready to yeah. play." So, <laughs> uh, he's got me so lined true. up for tomorrow. I think. Yeah, very good. Uh, I think I'll um, try and stream next week, actually. Yeah, cool. I'm potentially going to be streaming tomorrow. It just depends how the how the day goes with the kids. Yep. But we will see. And, uh, yeah, don't leave your league matches too late because, yeah, there's the, we're basically one week down already. We've got three weeks left and uh, and then that's it. So there's I think, unfortunately, just with the way it worked with the timing with this one and the double sets and all that sort of thing, it's going to mean we're going to have a lot of matches towards the the end of the league, but yeah. hopefully people are keen to get them done. So 
that's going to do us for tonight, Cracker. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're new to our content and you don't know what we're talking about with our leagues, we run a Magic Beans tournament series. So come and join us in that. And the best place to do that, to get in on the things that we do, the events that we run and, and all that sort of stuff is through our Discord. So the link for that is in the show notes, as it always is. Go and check out our awesome sponsors, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au. That'll take you through to the Facebook group. You can join up in there. There's still a giveaway going. I think there's a few days left on the giveaway for some Innistrad set booster boxes and bundles. So get in on those and uh, pick yourself up some bargains while you're there. You can get some Magic Beans merch, hoodies, T-shirts, all that sort of stuff from our merch store. Link in the show notes. If you want to follow us anywhere, we are on Facebook, uh, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all of those places. Just search for Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast and you'll find us on there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. And you are, Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. I, it's just total habit. I almost say Chewy every single week. It just it's just rolls off the tongue. It's a flying on autopilot too much in the, at the end of the podcast. It's because we've done- so many of these. We've, we've, we've done got nearly a hundred. I know. We've got like a month to go before we hit a hundred. We need to yes, work out something to do for that. Yeah, yeah, we do. All right. So that's it for this week. Thank you as always for listening. Stay safe out there and we will see you all next time. Bye.